Welcome to the FTM Formula One podcast. Trevor Long with you alongside Connor McNally, Harry Tucker. Boys, uh, we are doing it all thanks to the good people at KO. Uh, if you haven't been watching the live stream, then it's the way to do it. If you haven't tried streaming sports, then I recommend over the next two weeks, we've got two, two more ra- uh, races over two more weeks, uh, jump in and watch the practice on uh, Friday nights and Saturday. Uh, it's free to watch. You don't even have to sign up and pay. you just got to sign up, get an account, and you can watch KO. Every single session of Formula One, every single bit of Sky Sports coverage is uh, live to watch. Boys, welcome. Uh, the first and most important question for those people who are downloading the show before they've watched the race. Connor, would you yes. recommend you watch the race? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. Up, yes, I think. Yeah, uh, Harry. Harry, uh, that's that's an easy one for you as well, is it? Or what do you what do you say? No, no. I think this is a highlights package. You know, um, I'm going to agree with Harry here. Uh, okay. I actually struggle to touch. We'll get into this in detail, but I struggle to touch with the race because um, it it was a bit drawn out. So I think this would be well served with the highlights package. I think this is one that YouTube will smash. This will be. You know, and this will look amazing on Netflix. But yeah, KO fifty-three mini. laps, a KO mini. There you go, fifty-three mm. laps. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it's a requirement. I'll be advising my kids uh, go the highlights package. So duck off, watch the highlights, and then come back, boys. Um, it's a, it's a fascinating uh, race because we've got a, a, a ding dong battle for the championships, which we'll go through at the end of the end of the show. Um, a win to Max Verstappen, a, a podium for Sergio Perez. Um, and, uh, you know, a disappointing non-win for Lewis Hamilton, Harry. I think that um, his, uh, I guess, attitude after the race was better than we, yeah. we expected it would be. <laughs> yeah, we're all mm. texting each other just before recording going, oh, oh, we'll just hold off for a second. We want to see the news. We want to watch Lewis. But he ended up being pretty tame there. But I guess it was it, it became, after Max made that mistake at the start, it became theirs to lose and, and they end up losing it. Yeah, Connor, I yeah. think that um, my, my take on, on Lewis being in that mood at the podium interview is that he then goes away often and kind of thinks about his, like he, he already said on the radio, you know, I told you a, a couple of days ago this would happen or I told you something. So I think he'll have this kind of ego trip uh, and kind of suggest that he could have predicted this all along. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think you've only got to listen to Valtteri's radio this evening after he got passed by Sergio and the fact that his tyres degraded, degraded so quickly to the point that he got on the radio after he got passed by, by Sergio and he absolutely blew up. So tough two differences in the radio chats in the Mercedes team. It's going to be very interesting if the cameras are going to be in the Mercedes bunker for Drive to Survive Season 5, uh, what the, the mood at Mercedes is going to be like. Because I can tell you tonight, Toto was not a happy boy. He looked... Uh, pretty annoyed a number no, of times and, throughout the race and harry i think the the telling thing and it's a bit of, it's a bit of the way the team placates lewis was at the end there when you know he's disappointed but they all come on you know big weeks come on the radio and say, no, this was our bad we stuffed mm. up harry and then yeah it's not necessarily something that we've heard with with valtteri before mm. but like with with this do you think that there was obviously like considering this happened to both of them in the sense that it looked like they tried to give the warning and the team ignored it. Do you think there must have been some freaking like AWS data or whatever shit they're using that said it was just so obviously not going to be the case? Like, it just I don't seems... know. I mean, let's let's look at this as a strategic race. And I think there's two clear examples here. There's Mercedes versus Red Bull is one example to look at in terms of how a strategy plays out. And in the end, it was um, 
very little. I'm trying to look at the gap. It was it was not much overall. It's half a second, right? So Max wins by half a second. He he passes on the second to last lap. So in terms of strategy, your plus or minus your risk is: do we stay out or do we uh, we join them in this two stop strategy? You got to say it's always going to be a roll of the dice. Like mm. it could have gone the other mm. way as well. We could have been sitting here and, and and Red Bull saying they they threw away the race. So there's that. But then the other one I think that's fascinating to look at, which got zero attention on the television coverage, which I'm starting to get this. I mean, this was a good race. We got to, I guess, we have got to give it to them in terms of Lewis and Max. But just look down the pack a bit. You had a really close field, but critically, Lando Norris Connor in fifth mm. ahead of Ricardo in sixth. Lando didn't. They had the same strategy. It's just the timing was different. Lando came in later, had fresher tires to get past and through. So there was a lot of strategy yeah. in this race, Connor. It was a hell of a lot of strategy. And let's face it, I was very intrigued as to why they kept Lando out a lot longer because he didn't have the best start of the race. Daniel was he came out very very strong tonight, and if anything, he had a very very strong race all throughout. But it was interesting, as you said, how they played the strategy, particularly uh, for Lando. He came in eight laps after Daniel had pitted his uh, stop to go onto the hards, yeah. which I think they kept for the rest of the race, which was a good call. But Lando, as you said, had fresher tyres, and he reeled in Dan at a very rapid rate. And in the end, I think, as you said, um, when we were texting one another, I think team strategies definitely came into play because Lando is definitely ahead of Daniel right now in terms of the drivers' championship. So obviously Lando is their their key driver to be, I guess, in the top three in terms of the drivers' championship. But at the moment he'll be fourth after this weekend. But I think it I think helps. I but think it, those go on. <laughs> I know what I was. I was what I was going to say was, but it's going to help them in terms of the constructors' championship, which we'll look at very shortly because they've benefited greatly tonight at the expense of Ferrari, who scored absolutely no points. Stop going off early. We'll do that at the end. Um, uh, <laughs> Harry, um, <laughs> what I what what's fascinating though when you look at strategy and the French Grand Prix is you'll see this is a strategic race and it was won by someone that did a two stop. There's only one other car that stopped twice, and that's Charles Leclerc, who finished and, 16th. And he's, did I miss that? Like, how did he end up in 16th? I, it, I must have just getting passed and passed and passed, and he was in kind of that that you know bridge uh, out just outside the point. So I think he ended up in kind of 11th or so, and it was like, well, we're not going to get back mm. into the points, so why not throw the throw it out? But the problem is timing wise. You got to get out quickly. You got to you got to uh, do that early enough to be able to mm. get the traction back. That's the problem with the two stop. So, what I find fascinating is we're talking about a man who won this race on a two stopper, but he is the only one that benefited from a two stopper. It's it's actually remarkable in that sense, Harry. Is it? Yeah. Is it because of the the lead and speed he had earlier on though that made that viable? Because the rest of the pack was quite condensed. Like it was the sense like the mid pack was a pretty good mid pack race. Like we saw the work that Daniel and Lando did to get up, like even the Aston Martin guys, like Lance Stroll came from, was it 19th, ended up in 10th? Yeah. Like there's, there was a lot of close action in that mid-pack. So that two-stopper would have been much harder to do there because you didn't have those those extra gaps there, which uh, Max seemed to have the luxury of, I think. I, Connor, well, I, I think, think that's, the, that's the point there is Aston Martin um, kind of blindingly ignored what was going on around them and went, no, no. We're going to stay with our strategy. We're going to stay mm. out. We're going to get as long as we should out of the tyres, and then we're going to have a you know 16, 17 laps on the mediums, 
and it proved to be mm. a genius stroke for them, which it also goes to that Lando Norris thing of just staying out. See, if you stop early, yes, you benefit from the undercut. And let's be clear, Daniel benefited from the undercut, finishing sixth, um, you know, ahead of Gasly, Ferraris, all these things that that, that he passed essentially in the pits. Um, he was able to undercut, whereas what that did was give him less speed at the end that Lando had with the fresher tyres. So it was amazingly strategic race in that sense. But at the same time, it wasn't one of those annoying strategic races that you kind of don't enjoy for that reason because there was, I mean, behind Ricardo in sixth, as they crossed the line, Gasly, Alonso, Vettel, there's like three seconds. Mm. There was not much in it in the end of the race. It was a really entertaining you know, mid-pack battle. And you're right about Aston Martin. I mean, this is the second race in a row now that they basically flew under the radar to get, well, I guess you could say, a fairly decent result. They finished on the cusp of the top 10 this time around compared to the last race at Baku. But they're just they're just doing it their way at the moment in these last couple of races. And the strategy at the moment for both Sebastian and for Lance, it's paying off quite nicely for them. So I think... Going into the next couple of races at, in Austria for the Styrian and Austrian Grand Prix, if they play their cards right, they might do all right out of it as well. But, I mean, yeah. Austria is a different kettle of fish altogether. Yeah, totally. Um, before we talk uh, teams and drivers, I should also say um, when, we think, when we're talking KO, one of the things you should check out is some of the other motorsport this weekend. Uh, there was some supercar <laughs> stuff in Darwin. Jack Doohan in the Formula 3. Um, it was at Marquez in the MotoGP. Yep. So it was actually a pretty cracking weekend for motorsport, um, all of which obviously you can, you can re-watch those races uh, on, on KO on your uh, smart TV, Apple TV, or whatever device you've got. So let's look at the teams individually. Um, I think you've mentioned this, Connor. Aston Martin, mm. you've got to give them credit. Two cars in the points. Sure, they're the last two points places, but from where they were, that's a very good race for them. It's a pretty decent result for them, and particularly for Lance, who had his time deleted in Q1, and then uh, by virtue of Mick Schumacher crashing out, he, he was not able to get nowhere. So he had basically no time, started at the tail of the field, and he just stayed out there for as long as he could on those hards, and got a decent result out of it. Okay, single point, but a decent result. And the same also applies to Sebastian Vettel. So I think this was a very successful race for Aston Martin. They did very, very well tonight. Considering think, what happened in qualifying. Yeah, th- yes. that's true. And and But Harry, uh, at the same time, you got to look at, I think the disappointment of this race would be Ferrari. I mean, yeah. not good 11th and 16th. That's that's a shocker. And and like you said, like with Leclerc and, and something with signs, it was for no real reason. Like it's not like... There was, you know, they had a puncture or or a big incident or anything. It was just, they were just slow. Um, and considering some of the performance we've seen the last few races from them, this was, I, I was genuinely surprised. Like, I, I honestly mm. thought that, that Sainz might have had, a, a like, a low chance at even a podium if something, you know, maybe went a bit bit scary for uh, for some of the top three there. But, yeah, I think this is be a major disappointment for those guys. And I reckon Alpine as well. They... They started the race looking quite strong, and I and Alonso's up there in eighth, but Ocon kind of just slipped back. Man, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to mm, say, sorry, if, I was a, if I was an Alpine fan slash former Renault fan, I'd be sitting there going, they, they, looked, they looked racy. Yeah. Um, they looked like they were in it at times, but I think Alonso did recover well to come um, eighth, but, you know, that was, uh, that, was a, that was a good fight through, but... 
disappointment really for Ocon. You know, 14th is not a great place. He's behind Sonoda. He's behind George Russell, for Christ's sake. Um, Good it race just, for Russell. It, it, felt, it felt like a weird race for them. It felt like they... They just came off off the cliff and and just were nowhere. Mm. Connor, it just it's just a bad look for Ocon, particularly coming off the back of a recent announcement that he signed on with Alpine what for the next couple the of seasons. What the hell is that about, by the way? That's weird. Like I don't I don't get that. Even if it's like a French thing, surely you're going to commit behind like a Pierre Gasly before. Dude, you... yeah. If it's a French thing, there's there's options. I mean, of all the yeah. things to say, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not saying he's he's a he's a Neville. I'm just saying. If you if you think that car is going to be a contender under the new regs, then great. See how Ocon goes next year. But do, why do you sign him now without knowing how he's going to go? In the oh, it's the, that's very very strange as a signing decision. As compared to say signing Norris on a long term, it's like okay, well you know Norris is someone you want in your team. Ocon's proven nothing. I don't think he's shown himself to do anything at all. No, like in. You showed a glimmer of flash back in his Sauber days, and but outside of you know that, like last year he was getting comprehensively beaten by Dan. Like he might have mm. got the, a couple of podiums at the end of the year, but the rest of the year he was getting flopped. Like I don't know, maybe they see some stuff in the Sims that we don't see. But just yeah, it seems freaking weird. Yeah, I'm still I'm still trying to get my head around that. I'm just thinking how the hell. Yeah, what what are they thinking? What are they smoking at Alpine to sign him on for the next couple of seasons? I just think it's a it's a dud decision on their part. I just don't think he's going to show anything when the new regulations come in next year. I think it's it's literally as Harry said, it's that French thing, and it's like us we're very blinded mm. by our loyalty oh, to to an Aussie driver at times, and you know kind of don't see the the, the drama that everyone else sees in Dan's performances. And again, so that people will look at the performance today and think differently of it, but. He actually did bloody well, Daniel, uh, in terms well. of sixth. And he just did what the team ordered him to do in terms of letting Lando pass rather than doing anything silly. Um, from a from a team perspective, though, um, just think a little bit about the pressure that would be on Toto Wolf right now because mm. he's, his team... See, what's fascinating to me is we've, after seven years, we've we've got yep. a, a battle uh, for, for first place. There's two parts of it that just blow my mind. One is that Honda's leaving the sport when they're, <laughs> when they're starting to do well. And, and yeah. Mercedes have literally dropped the ball. Um, now, you could blame the aero regs, but they've got the money and the, and the people to, to come around that. Um, I think it's brilliant. And I think, it's a, I think Red Bull has to be given enormous credit for where they've brought the team to. I can't oh, say I was expecting it, to be honest. Like, I, I thought it was going to be all talk. Like, it, it's... And each race that, that comes, I keep waiting for it to slip and for Mercedes to come back on top. But yeah. they're doing well. It's funny, Harry. You're right. You hear them kind of say that whole – like you hear Lewis say, yeah. Yeah, Red Bull have got more speed on the straights and stuff. But he's not talking out his ass. He's genuine. And But then Red Bull, are not, they're not playing it completely down. They're just taking baby steps. And I I just think in in the kind of, you know, high, this, this kind of uh, – electric, you know, MGUK bullshit era that we've got. Um, I like the fact that Red Bull has actually been able to creep it back. It's just sad it took seven years, Connor. Yeah, it, yeah, it took seven years. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, will Honda think, hang on, we've made a mistake here. We're, we're getting out as we win a world title. And... That's what Honda does. Like, it's literally <laughs> yeah. their, their form. Let's sell the team to Braun. Yeah, good. That would have won championship. Exactly. 
Yes. <laughs> and then they sell it off to Mercedes. I mean, work that one out. Anyway, that's another story. But, uh, oh, look. Look, credit to Red Bull. I mean, they've been knocking on the door for a while. And, look, they've had a few tough years trying to get the, the balance right with the Honda power plant and getting it to work with their chassis. But they finally got the right formula now. And they're, they're now, I think Mercedes have become way too complacent off the back of their seven consecutive titles, which is, look, it's nothing to be sneezed at. It's fantastic. But I think... Yeah, as you said, they've just dropped the ball and it's showing now. They're basically chasing their tails every race and they're making some pretty monumental mistakes, as we have seen in the last couple of races. We saw that tonight in terms of their strategy. So Mercedes have got a lot of work to do going into the second half of the season if they are to try and stay on top of Red Bull. I would love to be a fly on the wall listening to Toto tear a new oh, one to yes. a few people in the team. I'd suggest you everywhere from strategy to aero to everything. So, Harry, let, let's talk individual drivers then because this mm-hmm. is um, this is I'm going to say this is the first time. I mean, it's probably an obvious statement, but it's the first time I've I've really thought that Max could win a world championship. I mean, I know he's a great driver, I know he's good, but this is legitimately setting him up for what could be. And the reason I say that is because. I said to you guys in chat straight after turn one, he went off and lost the lead of the race. Typical of Max to throw away a pole position. But no, yeah. he he battled, he drove, he fought, and through strategy and just grit, he, mate, he drove and won this race on his own. Yeah, you like I think I, there are probably times, but off the top of my head, I can't think of them, of him doing that at the start and sort of blowing it a little bit and then never recovering properly from it. But mm. this one mm. he did, and, you know, there was... And weirdly enough, like I didn't feel like, for the most part, anyway, that he couldn't do it. Like it, it felt like it was still always in the cards. Like yeah. my initial reaction was like yours. I was like, ah, he's, he's fucked it. But then after that, I, I I never didn't have the confidence in him to do it. And then he did it. And I think it, it does feel like a giant leap for him. Um, but yeah, in terms of other drivers as well, I reckon. You know, we we mentioned Dan, um, tenth to six. Uh, he, he did a great job, got a great start. They undercut the strategy, it all worked. He had mm. some confidence in him. Um, so I think I think that was really good to see. And then I think we, we're, we're getting pretty close to him seeming like he's got that comfort and form back in the car, which, you know, which has been a lot of criticism for him and, and a lot of pain you, for Yeah, for you, know, you know what I love? You know what I know? It has been a lot of pain. But you know what I love tonight? I, I love Dan's radio mid-race and when he was moving up through the field and he, and he said, let's fucking go. I love that. It's just like, I thought, yeah, this is the Dan really of old coming the back. Passion. Yeah, mm. that's right. Yeah. I think the that, Dan of old is coming back. He's been very clear in the last little while about the fact that this is this is a great section of the, of the calendar for him because it means he can go week to week, um, you know, getting the vibe of the car. And I think... People have really mm. underplayed a little bit that comment of his that he made to, to me, uh, not originally, but he certainly made it to me about how it takes time to learn what's different about a car. And since then, he's essentially just been learning the car. Now, three weeks in a row means he's not going from a race to a sim to a week off to a sim and then to a race. He's going race to race to race and he's continuing to feel the car. So, you know, it, it it augurs well, as as they say, I think, for the next couple of weeks. And, you know, I, I think Lando has upped his game. I genuinely think that Daniel has lifted Lando, um, and I think that's good for McLaren overall. I think I so think, too. But yeah. it'd be interesting. It was interesting. To, sorry, sorry, Harry. I, I no, think right. tonight, initially with um, with 
Lando. Lando had a lot, quite a bit of agitation in his voice, and he, I don't think he really yeah, liked the fact that Daniel was in front of him. He was really frustrated. Yeah, at the start yes. there, he he was not happy. And Daniel passed him fair and square, and then Daniel was defending fair and square. I mean, I think Lando will watch that back. I've never watched his kind of Twitch stream things, but you know, he watches the races back live. I think that'd be a fascinating thing to to digest. But anyway, it's just good. That's a good driver pairing. No one would argue that's a great driver pairing, and I think that's the same oh, for fantastic. for Red Bull at the moment. And I think that you know Hamilton's you know driver pairing you know could be anyone quite frankly but the other standout <laughs> this race is no doubt in my mind Pierre Gasly Connor um you know 7th oh. place Sonoda is in 13th um you know for Gasly to be able to pull that off um he's just continuing to show this great consistency and it all it basically points to that that conversation we had earlier about Ocon it's like if you're Alpine and you're trying to build a you know independent you know winning team why would you not be eyeing off Gasly as a yeah. as a Frenchman? Gasly's doing, yeah, he's performing ham over fist to to Ocon right now as the leading French driver, and it just, I still can't understand why Alpine decided to go with Ocon when they could have had the opportunity mm. to take on Gasly because Gasly is a race winner. He's consistent. He's reliable. He's got the results behind him, and he's got a you know he's got the the credibility to boot. So. I think in the next few years, whether he'll and obviously he'll, I think he'll stay on at, at AlphaTauri next year. That there's no question about that. But I think if any of those front-running teams are looking to find someone to replace, you know, whoever it might be, I, I can't pick anyone off the top of my head right now. But Gasly would be in the prime position to be in a front-running car if he keeps going the way he is right now. That's, That's why he's well good, doing there so ain't well. No seat. There ain't no. I know. No, I know. No, I know. There's not. I know. There's not right now. But. Who knows? I mean, there's a, there's a lot that can happen in the next couple of years. But the who reality, knows? Harry, is that the only conversation that needs to be had is George Russell, who finished 12th, mm. a brilliant yep. result. Um, yeah, unfortunately, and we can't blame, it's not going to be a Lance Troll Monaco situation where the memes are going to come out TV-wise. Can't blame the TV directors. They stayed with the action here. Um, but we missed everything that went on, on back there. I don't know how George managed to get to 12th and oh, stay there, but that's a great result idea. for him, giving Latifi still back an 18th. Yeah. And, and Mazaspin and, and Schumacher um, rounding out the, the bottom with um, Schumacher ahead of Mazaspin. But 12th place for Russell, I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind he's he's alongside Hamilton next year. Yeah, I, oh. I, I think I think the, con, the bit of the content that we've, contempt that we've seen um, Mercedes show Bottas as well the last couple of races, it sort mm. of sits mm. a bit weird. And then, you know, if they really needed to come up with excuses – you know, at the end of season, they could spin, you know, a race like this coming fourth as not being good enough, even though, you know, it was probably the team's fault. So I I think it's become increasingly likely that we see George in there, which I feel sorry for, for Valtteri a bit, but at the same time, it, it, I, I look forward to seeing what George can do in there. I think he'll be a great challenge for Lewis and, and oh, well, I guess, Red Bull. Totally. Well, I think in Valtteri's case, I think this is now his way of, you know, being a Vettel situation right now. Like we saw yeah. what happened with Vettel last year at Ferrari and how toxic that was. I think we're seeing the same kind of toxicity in regards to Valtteri and Mercedes right now. It, it, it would be a really low relationship right now. And I think you could tell by Valtteri's voice tonight when he blew up on the team radio, how annoyed he was with the the strategy. So I just can, I just only think that, yeah, the, the 
the relationship between Valtteri and Mercedes is just keep going to go down, and yeah, Harry, George is going to be in that seat next year. Harry, do you think Bottas finds another drive on the grid? Oh, I, I don't know. It's you know, I, I definitely think in terms of you just think of it as like who are the the, the twenty best drivers that should have a seat. And yes. Don't think it about scenarios. Mm. I think you definitely should have one, but I I genuinely do not know. Like, there's you know, there seems like there's the potential obvious swap of with Williams. Yep. But then if they want to, if they've got the new management now and they want to try a different direction there, or like I don't know, like I I wouldn't feel comfortable betting money either way. Uh, speaking of which, fuck, I bet on a safety car and retirements. There was no uh, retirements and no safety no car. No retirements. Isn't that fascinating? I, well, I, I haven't, can't remember that in a long time. Well, it's such a, such a circuit. It was a fair bet because like the whole race you could see, it looked like it was threatening rain out in the horizon. So... And a, a, well, did, a yes to a safety car was like a dollar seventy. I should yeah. have seen that as a as a hint that it was unlikely. But um, but to have no retirements, I mean, I don't. Let me be clear. I don't even think Mazaspin spun. No, <laughs> he didn't at all. He didn't. He actually had kept it on the road tonight. Although he almost came to blows with Mick Schumacher. So who knows what could have happened? But you could that. That situation, Hassel, I mean, that's a laughing stock in itself. But, yeah, I think there's there's no love lost between Mick and, and, and Mazaspin at the moment. There's, um, yeah. All right. Uh, Connor, I'd like where to be... are we at with the Drivers' Championship? Um, because Max is, uh, has, has taken out a bit of a lead. He does. Has taken out uh, quite a substantial lead. In fact, 14 points. So... Uh, Max Verstappen, 131 points to Lewis Hamilton's 119. Third position is Sergio on 84. Fourth position, Lando Norris on 76. So he's only about eight points behind. In fifth position is Valtteri Bottas, 59 points. Sixth position is Charles Leclerc, scoring no points tonight. So he really uh, didn't gain much at all. Seventh was uh, Carlos Sainz. Again, didn't benefit much. Eighth position at the moment, Pierre Gasly, 37. And three points further behind is Daniel Ricciardo on 34. Rounding out the top 10 on 30 points, Sebastian Vettel. So that's the Drivers' Championship, the Constructors' Championship. Oh, this is getting quite interesting now. Red Bull have again extended their championship lead over Mercedes, 215 to 178. McLaren now moved back up into third in uh, with 110 points. By virtue of Ferrari not scoring any points at all tonight, That's they stay brilliant. on 94. Yeah, fantastic result. And in terms of the battle for fifth in the constructors, Alpha Tauri now lead Aston Martin by five points, 45 to 40. The now paint on 29, Alpha Romeo on two. That is the uh, constructors' standings. Wouldn't Otmar be uh, a picture of uh, joy right now, along with uh, Lawrence Stroll, Harry? They. Um... <laughs> you know, they came into this year thinking they were going to be the bigwigs uh, with their shiny new colours and oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I, I, I would the chest beating in drive. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and it's interesting, like with the with the Red Bull stuff and Mercedes, and I, I can't remember which one of you said the complacency thing, but I wonder if that performance is the same reason that Aston Martin is. And we've talked about this before; everyone's talked about it in the low rake, high rake stuff, which seems to have really screwed. Aston Martin and uh, and Merck, not to the same extent, but yeah, they'd be for human. Well, I think in the end, what we're learning is it's screwed. The rake has screwed 
Mercedes and Aston Martin, but Mercedes had the money and the wherewithal and the, and the smarts and the wind tunnels and everything to find mm. ways out of it. Um, you know, not enough that they would be content, but that's that's broadly what's gone on. Um, so we've got it. This is a triple start of a triple header. Um, Austria, two mm. races now in Austria uh, next weekend and the weekend after. Toto's um, races. Are they doing any of those buddy uh, super sprint style things? When, when is that Britain? Silver, no, ones? no, that'll be the British Grand Prix. British Grand Prix Jesus. will have the. Oh, you know what? Uh, they the announced that friggin' plan. Come on, let's bring one on. What are we waiting I, for? I for a second thought it was this weekend on there because I was looking at the race schedule and there was the F three sprint races and I read that twice. I was like, oh, it's this weekend. Got excited, but no. Yeah. So back to back Austria, um, and while that is Red Bull's home track. Um, they, they, there's been some great racing there. So we might be in for something. And then uh, a couple of weeks off before Great Britain, uh, which will be, um, uh, they're trying to get crowds there. You know, Britain's still in the midst of lockdowns and all that. So it's kind of fascinating to see where that'll end up. But, um, you know, right now um, I'm, you know, uh, just as a loyal Aussie, just hoping that Dan finds his groove over the next two weeks and uh, can pull something off, boys. Me too. Absolutely. I think he will. I think he will. That's a big call. You're going to put some money on that, are you? Podium? <laughs> I hope so. Podium well, for Dan? I, well, maybe, maybe not a podium. Maybe not a podium, but points finished, definitely. Oh, fuck, mate. He just came six. What are you talking about? That'd be like a dollar and three cents. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Well, it's not a bad bloody race, but uh, I, I'm still with Harry. Uh, the highlights were the way to go. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm switching now. I'm switching now. Yeah, to, you can't do yeah, that. Highlights. You're just following the crowd, Connor. Yeah, it, mate, yeah don't right. be that guy. Don't be that guy. Be independent. Be a, be a All right. Okay. Bye. Um, uh, I, I look forward to the next race just because, uh, you know, why not? Why bloody well not? And hopefully, you know what? I just want to see Mercedes beaten again. Isn't it terrible? But. It's been seven years. My kids are yet to see someone else win a world championship, basically, <laughs> when they're when they're sane enough and big enough to understand the sport. So, even if it has to be Max Verstappen, I'm okay with it. Boys, uh, let's talk again next week. Let's do. Catch up.